Hello and welcome back to the A3 Footy Podcast. My name is Alex Catalano and it is officially the end of the home and away season for the AFLW Alex Miller and we've got finals right around the corner. Oh, it's the most exciting time of the year, Cat. And uh, look, some massive results on the weekend meant some teams will be in, some will be out. Uh, Cost some people their jobs in the end. We'll get to that straight off the bat in a bit, but very massive round of uh, footy just gone and gets even bigger with finals upcoming, as you said. Absolutely massive round, Doc. It went all the way down to the last day, the last game, deciding positions and whether they were going to make it or not. It was absolutely mental. Yeah, look, I must say the game itself wasn't too flash, but geez, <laughs> Sydney did what they needed to do, and um, they got they got the chocolates. They're, they're in their first final seri- series, which is amazing. Thinking, you know, this time last year they were zero and ten. They've turned it around to z- oh. to six and four, and a nice little percentage of one hundred and six point nine. But we can get to that a little bit later. But the news just off the press, and uh, Alex Miller touched on it just before. Steve Simons out of Collingwood now, oh. out of Collingwood now. Very disappointing. They were. Five and five, and they were expected to do a good job on on your mob on the weekend, Miller. But yep. it was uh, the re- the reverse uh, El Pumpico, I think. Uh, Rich- <laughs> Richmond and Moncon just came out and said, uh, "We're not taking any shit today." And Millsy Yassir just wanted to just wanted to punch on in the end. Just got Sarah Sanzanetti flush in the jaw. <laughs> the the Pies just looked off it though, Cat, in that game. And um, as Doc mentioned, they seemed a bit flat all year. I mean, the, the five and five record sort of sums them up a bit. Mm. Very up and down in terms of what we could produce, and ultimately it's cost uh, the big head out Tyree's job. Yeah, I mean, look, they, they did have some good moments throughout the year, the Pies. The, the win against Collingwood, I think they'll... Mm. The win against Collingwood, the win against Brisbane, they are Collingwood. Oh, they beat themselves, did they? <laughs> <laughs> they bloody did at points throughout that. this year, Doc. Um, yeah, the win against Brisbane I thought was very impressive from them, but, um, yeah, you're not getting anywhere, and, I mean, it's a bit stiff, I, I think, Doc. I mean, obviously... They they haven't been going anywhere and probably been going down. You couldn't do much, Steve, with the forward line. They had the back line. They had it at his disposal with all the injuries they had at certain points throughout the year. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it was incredibly, you know, hugely deserved to, to get him out, but might be what they need next season coming in with a, a fresh face at the top. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I've sort of thought about it the last hour or so, and you know, in a way, um, I am a surprise because Steve Simons had a great record as coach as uh, of Collingwood, and also not a surprise considering the year that they've had. I mean, they've had. I think the the one thing that I've always sort of relayed back to Collingwood this year is their last quarters. I mean, seven goals against the Richmond side that couldn't buy a goal at stages uh, throughout the year. It was uh, it's probably the last straw, but they've lost a lot of their last quarter. I mean, even the games they won, uh, they conceded multiple inside 50s and it was a significant uh, difference in terms of fourth quarter inside 50 entries. What's the dance do you think, Doc, the fourth quarters in particular? What do you think? It's either, it's got to be a bit of mindset, a bit of uh, fitness, or, and po- I'd likely pin it on, on both. Uh, it just feels like that they just cannot run out a, a game. I even look look back to the game against St Kilda. You know, they were four goals up and seemingly in control and then they just capitulated. It's just been it, – it's almost been a story of their year in a, in a sense and I, I think it has to come down to mentality and whether or not – you know, injuries have played their part, absolutely. Yeah. But I think in terms of – I think mentality-wise, they're just not they're just not getting it. Yeah. Uh, I uh, just uh, and maybe it's this is what it's going to come to as coach. Uh, you know, he's, he's got to get a new coach in, and 
you know, it, it, it's disappointing, but that's football, isn't it? I mean, yeah. we're, we're, we're talking about, you know, our mobs wondering whether or not our coaches are going to get the sack. Uh, Miller. Um Yeah, well, <laughs> well, we hope so. But um, but at the end of it all, you know, it's all about, you know, what the club wants and who they reckon is the right man for the, the right man or woman for the job. Yeah, Jeez, it's hard with the mentality. They did win four straight, Miller, including against three teams that did ultimately make the finals. I think on their day they were able to match it, but... Yeah, in the end, just not consistent enough all season long from the Pies. And, um, you know what, if, if that's what they've got to, if that's what the club thinks is best, I'd, I've got no doubt that they can move forward and be a better team next season. Yeah, yeah. I think the big thing, Kat, is I'm sort of agreeing with Doc mentality in terms of the ruthlessness in the final quarter. Like, they didn't have many games besides those, uh, I mean, it's obviously more than you know, four of those wins. Where out of the five, where they they felt, I felt like they weren't really trying to do their best in the final quarter. They sort of dished up their best in the first halves, and then thought, okay, we'll sort of see out the game from here. But we've seen this this year in the league cap that because it's so competitive, hence the finals race, that you have to be on your game for four quarters. Otherwise, yeah. you know, you, you have that anyone can beat anyone. I still think at this level, except the Bulldogs, because they're shit one and nine. But um, <laughs> I think that Collingwood, as you said, they did have some good moments, but. Maybe it's just time, as you mentioned, for a fresh face, fresh restart sort of thing. Yeah. Just touching on, just touch on that on that four game winning streak, cat. I mean, the game against Essendon, they lost that last quarter uh, to the Bombers, albeit it was only a couple of points in it. The game against Brisbane is probably the only exception to this rule where they actually kicked two goals. They they won the quarter emphatically and won the game emphatically. In the end, they capitalised on a lot of Brisbane's errors in front of goal. You know, the game against Carlton was literally a stalemate in that last quarter. No one was getting the ball anywhere anywhere out of the middle of the ground because it was such a slog. Mm. And the game against Geelong, they parked the bus because they, they, they were four goals to one up at three-quarter time and they oh, wow. somehow managed Geelong to let Geelong to come back into this into that game. So it's sh- Shocking uh, weather in that game too. So there really was not much else they could do. <laughs> but no, I think that was my big criticism of, of um, Simon's coaching style this year was, you know, th- these top four teams, we're seeing Adelaide, Melbourne, North Brisbane, they're all moving on to more attacking, free-flowing styles. And mm. teams lower down the ladder are trying to mimic it as well. But Collingwood still seems st- stuck in that, you know, lock the game down when we've got the lead at all mentalities, um, you know. So... Uh, I think it's time to move on from that and they'll be a better team for it, Collingwood. When they did play fast footy, they looked pretty good. Nell Morris Dalton benefited from that, I think, a lot throughout this year when she'd actually be a running and jumping target, not having to deal with a slow grinding game where the ball's coming <laughs> in on the top of her head, you know, once every quarter. Um, so, yeah, I think it'll be good for the Pies coming into the future. But they're knocked out. We don't care about teams who are knocked out anymore. We'll get to them at some point <laughs> in the off season. But it's all about teams that made the eight here, gentlemen. Um, we've got eight teams now left in this season who are fighting off for a spot in the grand final and a chance at lifting the premiership, some for their first, some wanting to go back-to-back and some wanting to take it back after a couple of years off. But first and foremost, Miller, I guess the, the big acknowledgement, uh, the Bombers, the Swans, and mm. to an extent the Suns, they did make the finals in 2020, but obviously uh, it was a compromised final series. So I'm going to say this is basically their prop, first proper final series as well. Great to see three new faces really in the mix this year. Well, well, I'll tell you what, Kat, the smile on your face sums up how you should feel about your girls. should be very proud. I think we've said it a lot off air and probably not enough on air. What Essendon have done, I think, from very much like the Swans in terms of 
not just the win loss, but the, men, the the sort of confidence to go into games and say, well, we're a chance, you know, we're going to take it up to the best. And um, every team's had their ups and downs this year, but the Swans and Nesson in particular have been really good. And, and the Suns, I mean, yeah, as you mentioned, look, it's almost like they're almost like a new club in a way, the way they've been playing. Uh, and I think that a lot of these players have been inspired on the back of how they performed last year wasn't where they wanted to be and there was a lot of work to be done and I think they've done a tremendous job to finish, not just in the eight, but to finish fifth. But I think as well that, you know, Brisbane in some respects will be disappointed where they finished and they've ended up in fourth. They could have easily, well, couldn't, well, maybe not easily, but they could have locked in a top two spot a couple of weeks ago, Doc. But Well, you, you're onto something there, Miller, because I think there is a case for Brisbane to finish in the top two. Um, obviously, the loss against St Kilda last week was very, very disappointing. And you know, a few weeks before that was the the game against uh, Collingwood, where they shot themselves in the foot in front of the big sticks. And if you even want to go back a little further, I mean, the game against Richmond round one was <laughs> another opportunity that went begging for the line. So very easily they could be, you know, even very much nine one at the top of the table. So uh, I think a lot of people are still trying to write off Brisbane. And I think I said it last week, you know, you can't you can't do it just yet because uh-huh. this Lions team does mean business and we saw it firsthand against the uh, the Ds on the weekend. They just completely suffocated their ball movement. Granted, I don't think they were at 100% Melbourne, but um, you've still got to take on the side that's in front of you and Brisbane did a very good job. You know, they've beaten all three of these teams uh, this year. Mm. Um, it's a very interesting statistic and one to be very cautious of uh, heading into Heading into the finals uh, in the next in, in the in the following month, um, absolutely. Just on just on Essendon, Cat. I, I think you you could consider yourself very lucky. I mean, they've had a very good year, but the last couple of weeks have been last few weeks oh. have been very very disappointing. I mean, you know, the game against West Coast we've touched on, and you've pretty much harpooned uh, <laughs> about half the team uh, after that game. But <laughs> this was a game where you could have easily exploited uh, the Suns uh, minus Charlie Robottom, and you didn't take advantage of it. And I think. Gold Coast put a lot of time and effort into negating Bonnie too good, and once that happens, I just worry that there's no one, no one else in that forward line that can really stand up when when she gets quelled. Well, just Bonnie Mads as well. She had one of her oh. worst games of the season, and Lucy yes. Single, now, single the, wrapped her the, up. The super tagger, another one. She's been singled out. Uh, Mads, another <laughs> one. She can add to her to her pile. She's shaking out her pockets she, for the rest of the final series. She just got season. singled. <laughs> if, if, I, if I'm Laura Gardner, I'm absolutely shitting my ducks right about now. Because <laughs> no, uh, Lucy Single's going to be all over her, like flies to shit. Um, but <laughs> the, the fact that they did come out and, and put on such a great midfield performance, even without Chaz, has me very, very optimistic on Gold Coast right mm. now. Miller, I mean, Sydney have been in decent touch too, but I mean, they're coming in into this final series probably more confident than they've ever been, the Suns. And on the other end of the spectrum, I'd say we're probably looking the worst we ever have. As you said, Doc, two out of our last three have been losses. Um, one, obviously, very, very ugly at home to West Coast as well. And we're going to be missing Steph Kane, who adds a big punch to our midfield group. Uh, she's not going to be in there. Daria Bannister, obviously, still missing from the forward line. I think, unfortunately, it might just be a bridge too far for us this year. And I think the Cats, the midfield especially, Mill, is just going to run over the top of us. Well, yeah, I think at the Cattery as well, it's going to be really tough for them to get sort of anything going. Um, particularly, as you said, Kat, the, the midfield is um, uh, desecrated. It's probably a nice word to sum it up. It's just absolutely gutted of all strengths. But I, I'm bullish with you on the Suns, boys. I think that 
they'll be full of confidence. And at home, taking on the Swans, they'll have a real chance to win this week. But I'm fascinated as well, Doc, by North and, and the Kangaroos. Yeah. Uh, this week, North and the Kangaroos. North Melbourne and, and the, the Kangaroos. That's calling um, the beating themselves. They're um, also having a shot too. Shit. Uh, there's no inter-squad scrimmages. This is finals football. Um, this is going to be this is going to be a great game. Like, I think that North, in some respects, we did sort of write them off a couple of weeks ago, but I feel like if they can get mainly their ball movement going, is something that maybe Melbourne might have a hard time defending against, I think. If there's any time to knock off the Ds, Doc, I think it's right now. Yeah, great call. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's still doubts over Paxi Paxman uh, coming back into the team uh, this week. And, you know, this this is about as big as it gets for North Melbourne. They were very close a couple of weeks ago against Adelaide. Um, They probably really should have had the game won, but for some reason managed to (laughs) blow it. Um, But... That narrative is still going to hang over their head unless they, until they get it done uh, against one of these big three sides. So, yeah, I went and watched. I went. I went down to the Witten Oval and watched them. Um, watched them dismantle my mob just for a bit of fun on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. And why, Doc? <laughs> why is my question? Um, well, I have no association with the football club uh, at the moment. <laughs> my association just lies with watching Jasmine Garner destroy teams. Um, <laughs> but uh, no. <laughs> I think the one key takeaway was the fact that they squandered so many shots on goal. I think they had, I think by halftime they had four goals, nine, and they mm. really should have had that game wrapped up. And you know they still had it anyway because the dogs couldn't bloody buy an inside fifty entry, let alone bloody a goal. Yeah. Um, the the D's aren't going to give you scoring chances like like your girls, uh, Doc, as well. You've no. got to make them count. No, and we and we know North are the best defensive team in the competition. They they average just they concede an average of just over twenty one points a game. Which is actually quite uh, astounding thinking about that, um, mm. but you know, this, it's it means nothing unless they can, unless they can get it forward and they can get a good score. You know, they got seven goals. 13, I think it was seven goals thirteen on the weekend. That's just not going to. That sort of goal kicking is not going to cut it no. against, against the top four sides. You need to nail your chances on goal, and if you do that, you're you're as good as anyone. You're as good as anyone. And you know, last week, uh, last week, and I think the week before, I sort of had written off North Melbourne, but they're, they're there for a reason. Um, you know, the best defensive team in the comp, they've just got to get the forward line clicking. You know, they need Talia Randall, who I thought was good on the weekend, kick mm. some goals. They need that bloody giraffe Kate Shearlaw to start kicking some goals as well. Um, she, she, her kicking for goal on the weekend was just deplorable. Um, she, I can't can't stress how many shots on, how many set shots she had and, and missed with the wind. I was going to say, was there, there any out on the fools included in that one three as well, Doc? I reckon there was at least was there at least one in there. Possibly. Oh, look, we could we could potentially get that up for you, Cat. Um, <laughs> uh, I could have sworn she had about five five or six shots on goal, and yeah. you know, absolutely squandered most of them because you know, look, she's got a, they've got a lot of things down pat. They they they've hit targets. They they're good on the lead. You know, mm. I've really enjoyed watching the trio of King, uh, mm. Randall, and and Sheila this year in that forward 50. You know, they just need to get it, they just need to get it all together in terms of their kicking boots and we know yeah. how we know how skeptical they can be. Um so you know, Sheila just had four shots on goal for one goal three. Oh, Jazzy oh. Garner had four shots for two goals two. Talia oh. Randall three shots for one one and Alice Lachlan three shots for uh, one behind. So 
I think looking at this game, Miller, uh, first and foremost, North are going to want to make this a scrappy, defensive, tough game because if they let Melbourne play free-flowing footy, um, you know, look at what Brisbane did on the weekend. You've got to emulate that. Brisbane, obviously, a lot better at converting their chances on goal, which North are going to have to get a hell of a lot better at than with stand a chance. But that's the blueprint. That's what they should be doing. Um, and I mean, I look at the the matchups between these two teams. Libby Birchman playing a, a much more defensively focused role, less worried about intercepting. I, I wonder how that's going to go without Sarah Lampard still mm. in there. Um, might have to be a bit more of the interceptor. But Maddie Gay comes into this team too. If, if you're letting them run off half back, um, it's going to be a very very different story. I think, as you said, the difference between North and Brisbane's defense is is night and day, but. As we said, this is the time to rise to the occasion. This might be the biggest moment in North Melbourne's history, I think. If yeah. Huge opportunities. Huge opportunities. 100%. And I th- it's, a, it's a massive opportunity, boys. You think about what it could mean for them if they win this game, just the confidence levels will be uh, astronomically rocketed up and then some. So they win ha- this game, Doc, and they're looking at one of Adelaide or Brisbane most likely in a home mm. prelim. And, I mean, they lost to both of those teams, but at home, you'd think they'd be backing themselves in a hell of a lot more. Yeah, well, they'll certainly be a little bit more confident. I mean, but then again, North lost to Brisbane in Tassie this year, so <laughs> I don't know uh, how much you can take into it. But, no, look, you're right. There's a lot lot of a lot of pressure is on North Melbourne this weekend to deliver, and I think that, you know, I think they're certainly capable of, di- of giving it a shake. You know, finals is a much different beast in terms of atmosphere and pressure uh, compared to, yep. you know, a regular home and away season game. And I think North would have learned a lot, a hell of a lot, uh, from, their, from their previous meeting with Melbourne a few weeks ago where – you know, kicked first two goals of the game, and they didn't kick anything else until you know late. Mm. So, uh, so that'd be interesting. Adelaide Brisbane's going to be an interesting game as well. I mean, that, is I ga- think- that has game of the year written all over it, boys. It, it, <laughs> absolutely. Did these I two teams so. have that many good meetings, Miller, in the in the past? Um, you know, basically the entire time this competition's been running, and coming into this league, jeez, it's going to be massive. The midfield battle, Doc, is salivating to me. Some of the names we're going to see in here, I think, is what's going to make this game set almost probably the most watched game, I think, on the weekend. Yeah, well, I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of eyes glued to this, whether or not you're a fan of Brisbane or Adelaide or, or just a neutral, um, because we know Adelaide this year have, have been one of the best two teams in the comp. I think it's between them and Melbourne personally, but, you know, you don't count out the other two teams for no reason. They've been very good in Brisbane. <laughs> Gee whiz. They've got, they've got them. They, they just continue. They, they, they're like, they're like, they're like, they're like the cockroach, aren't they? You, you, they, you just, they do not die. They, they do, do not, not die. They do not die. And if they can, and if they continue to do that, have that mentality of tackle pressure, tackle pressure, then they, then they, that they are the best exponents of that tackle turnover transition game. And as because, you said, Cat, you know, early in the year, only three points between them. How much do you think Crows will take out of it? I mean, obviously Brisbane kicked themselves out of a, a bigger margin in the end. But do you think the Crows will take a lot away in terms of what they can do maybe to get a leg over Brisbane in this one? Oh, I think tightening up defensively has to be on the agenda for, yeah. for Doc Clark coming into this week. You know, the, the Lions, 
for everything that they've lost, um, you know, we've talked about how Dax has kind of been the main focal point of this mm. um, forward line all year, but they've had contributors throughout the season. Taylor Smith has, has popped up for, has been good here and there. Um, Bell Dorsey and and, and, Poss, and the Poss rotating across the half forward flanks. Uh, Sophie Conway's popping up for goals left, right and centre. Hodder's had a, a great run of form, bloody pressure machine on the weekend. And um, once again, Courtney Hodder. Last three um, weeks have been huge from her cat. Yeah, I, I think they just got a lot of weapons that they can they can rotate through that forward line. And mm. um, the Crows, we know they've they've copped players going out of the, the back line throughout the year. Um, obviously missing Nigel Allen for, for most of the season. Jess Allen's only just come back in. Um, Zoe Press is still very, very raw. Mm. Um, Mariana Rachich obviously sitting out the season too, so I think they've still got a lot to, to work out in their backline doc, even though, you know, it's a, it's a weird thing to say about a team that's sitting on top of the ladder, but when you're coming up against the very best forward lines <laughs> in the competition, uh, that's when you need to start getting a bit nervous. Yeah, well, it's interesting when you think about that. I think Adelaide are the, I think they're the third best defensive team in the comp. Mm, so I'll, ch- I'll check it, that for you, Doc. Even, even, with all, even with all the outs that they've had and the injuries that they've had and, the, and, and, and all that, uh, this Adelaide team still finds a way to evolve, don't they? And I think their strength lies in their offensive weapons, both in the midfield and in the forward line. I mean, we've seen a career best year from uh, Alex Miller's uh, girl, Gildy. Um, <laughs> We've seen Daniel Ponta being unleashed a lot more into the midfield. We, we've seen Ebony Marinoff continue to dominate games. You know, Anne Hatchard's had a very solid season. I don't mm. think she's had as good a year as she's had in previous ones, but still been a solid one nonetheless. And you know, um, yes, third-ranked doc, spot on. Third-ranked defence. Thank you very much, Miller. Um, yeah, but so they've got a lot of these, you know, offensively-minded players, but they've also got really good players that can provide the pressure, provide the tackle rate. I don't think a lot of people talk about Tia Charlton's uh, no. work rate defensively this Not year. I, I, th- I think she's been an absolute standout for them, you know. And, and Neve Kelly's improvement this year has been another a talking point that I think has missed a lot of a- AFLW fans. I, I think she's uh, just coming come into this team this year after a very interrupted uh, season last year. She had, had had that injury, of course, mm. um, and has come in and just and has just looked like a new player almost. I think the Crows' defensive um, transition and role players, Doc, do a really good job. I think, as you said, that's what sort of sets them apart from anyone in the four, in my opinion, is that we talked a bit about um, Melbourne's run and spread and how the Crows are probably at that level as well. But I think that just these got these these players that have, as Doc said, elevated Cat to another level this year quietly. You know, we talk about when we talk about the crowds, we talk about the big games every week, big players every week. But don't talk about these little operators that are in there nipping, yeah, scratching, fighting, clawing, getting nipsies. The, and then for finals, this is what they this is what they strive best for these type of players. So I don't know how the hell you're going to tip a, a winner in any of these games, let alone that one. But um, I can see how we fall. Yeah. I think I think for me, when I look at the defensive end, the, the three highest scores they gave up this year, the crows mm. were to Melbourne, Brisbane, and North. Um, well, other than the Eagles last week, but they they were resting half the squad, so I'm, I'm not yeah, going to bother counting that game. No, nobody cares about that game. No, no. <laughs> um, so that, that's for me, you know, these teams aren't giving you any leeway whatsoever. This yeah. is all guns are blazing now. Um, so that's for me where they're, they're going to want to tighten up this week, um, the Crows, they want to get a win. Just a, a quickie, boys. Um, we know that these, these top four teams are the huge threats, but of the... Lower four, the lower half of the top eight. 
Who of these teams is most capable of causing an upset in the semi-final? I, I don't know if it's possible. I think there's just too much of a gap still between the top four and um, the rest. But I think for mine, the, the team in the best form right now is probably Gold Coast. Um, they Even without Chaz, their belief is sky high right now. I Yeah, I tend to say Suns, but Sydney for me. Can't. Oh, it's just... a wild card, but Alan Morfitt missing is, is yeah, way that's... bigger, I think, for uh, mine. 100% agree. I think if they can somehow sneak past this week, Doc, Swans are my little one to be reckoned with. Yeah, I think you look at the you look at the four teams, and I know this is a quickie, but I'm just quickly trying to analyse all four of these teams. Gold Coast, I don't think are there yet. Uh, Geelong, I think a uh, 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 flat track bullies in, in a sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, Essendon's uh, no, no, uh, um, and and Sydney. Jeez, oh, the thing about Sydney. I feel like their last few weeks have have really in, have generated belief. I mean, the game against the the game against the Dogs round eight was just you know, regardless of the opposition, I thought that was some of the best football that they've played, and I think it'll take some doing to top that. And the game against yeah. Collingwood the week after was very very impressive as well. And you know, it took them some time to get going, but once they did get going, as Frio. They looked very, very good. So I think if there is one team that can cause a small stir, and I mean a small stir, because I don't think they can beat them. Tiny. Not James Harden in the pot. We got small. <laughs> yeah, yeah very, very, small. Um, very, very small. They're um, like, um, they're like the anti-Collingwood, the Swans, Doc, where they, they come alive in the second halves, and they, they love running out the games, and they bring it, you know. We look at the game against Collingwood, and, they just lifted to a different level in that last quarter. Um, they did the same against Frio. Came out firing the second half when they had, you know, their spot in finals on the line. So I think I, I just don't know if they can do it against a top four caliber side. But I think they will push whoever if they beat the Suns this week. Whoever they meet in the semi final, they will push all the way, absolutely all the way. And yeah, it will that, be bloody hell a good game to watch. That, 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 that's what I, that's what I mean. By I think they can push a top four team. I think we saw it against Brisbane earlier in the year that you know after quarter time where they got you know kind of pumped, they actually they actually played respectable footy and actually level, you know broke even in, well, in, right. in, yeah, in the yeah, last yeah. three quarters. So if they can they can sustain a four quarter effort, I think they they're up to their eyeballs in whoever they get uh, in the second week. Yep, absolutely. Sure. All right, let's talk, boys. Team of the week. We're not gonna. Who's the woman? The the award is holding off. Um, we've got a big a big run into finals here. Uh, we're gonna be. I think we we might be revising our our format from uh, the the men's final series and uh, trying to get a bit more votes on the leaderboard here because it was quite low voting. But I've got my final team of the week here, gentlemen. Uh, and there's some big names uh, being right. included in this side. Some players that are making their debut on the team of the week for the first time this year. Wow. Um, Some players here I'm keeping an eye on here, Kat. (laughs) Yes, I'm sure you are, Doc. But we'll start from the back line, um, and I've got to give the Swans some love this week. Brianna Tarrant gets my spot in the back pocket. Uh, She's been so good all year, boys, and great to see her performing once again in a must-win game. Um, Ayla Sheeran, Miller, she showed up bloody strongly. Uh, on the weekend, as did the rest of your team. Bloody Sh- hell. Shut up, Sheeran. We're going to start calling her a cat because uh, <laughs> she, she's shown up most of the year, but yeah, she was really good on the weekend. Huge. Uh, Daisy Darcy gets spot off the halfback flank. Kicked like her first goal as well. Uh, very, very good from her. Um, she had a great game. She was unreal. Uh, Brie Conan, I know she's been spending some time in the midfield, but she's a defender at heart. 
gets the spot at centre-half back. It was a good uh, draw with Kate Hoare, wasn't it? Very, very good, Doc. Very good. Um, great to see them going head-to-head. We're going to see more of that in the finals, I hope. Maddie Newman gets the spot on the half-back flank. Very, very strong for the Croatians. Very good year, boys. Uh, yes. Second half of the season in particular. Been very, very strong. Incredibly uh, underrated. We move into the wings. Nina Morrison, after probably one of her worst games, full stop, last week bounced back very strongly this week and gave me a nice big fantasy score too. Thank you. Uh, Bella Lewis gets a spot on the wing as yes. well. I think it's her first time in the team this year. Oh, wow. just, just quietly ticking along um, Bella, and she had a great game on the weekend once again. Uh, Alex Miller's favourite giant, Zali Goldsworthy. Yes. On the the Not a massive game from her. Uh, Gemma Houghton decided to show up uh, once again for the Erin Phillips goodbye party. Uh, she's a nice bag, and she gets a spot at centre-half forward. Uh, as does Katie Brennan Miller, who also showed up for a game that meant nothing uh, to your team. When Mon Conti sent me into post-game, she shows up every week. I thought uh, she was talking about someone else, but she was talking about <laughs> Katie Brennan. I thought I saw sure you can't be talking about your skipper, Mon. I thought I saw her nose grow a little bit uh, after she said that on Sunday. Yeah, Conti, eh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, keep, keep, yeah. We'll she keep was good, going. though, Kat. A great call. I like yes, it. very good. Keep love going at Port uh, for the Phillips Farewell Show. Ash Saint. Uh, oh. Bloody hell, five. Uh, where the hell was this all season? Where the fuck has this been all year? She's so good. Just should have kicked seven. Oh, should have. Seven. Seven. Um, <laughs> well done. Huge bag from her. Um, Chloe Shear, the Geelong barometer, uh, beat up on the poor Hawks back line uh, on the weekend. <laughs> It was a piss take on them. It yeah, was very it, easy. It'd be, it'd be nice if she could do that on a top four back line. <laughs> Speaking of players beating up on a poor opposition, uh, starting in the ruck, Matilda Scholes. Back to back weeks for Scholesy Miller. Late charge for the, the ruck spot at the end of the season. She was what? very good. She was huge. <laughs> she was unreal, Scholesy. Uh, Moncon, of course, has to start in the centre bounce. She was absolutely massive. Georgie Prasparkas, uh, good to see that she finally didn't get tagged and uh, went off the chain. Uh, Jazzy Garner, of course, you can't ignore two goals oh, and three touches. She is in there once again. I think she's made about eight or nine appearances in my team of the week this year, boys. Oh, she, name she, it she, after her. She, she's winning the best and fairest this year, and, and it's not even close. She's got to. She absolutely has to. Uh, for doing the absolute best tagging job I've ever seen on Maddie Prasparkas, Lucy Single gets a spot on the bench. Uh, she'll run through the, the tagging rotations in there. Ash Riddell's the midfield rotation here, boys. Uh, she's just been working her, her absolute tail off all season and it's been a clearance beast from start to finish. The GOAT Tour gets her final appearance in the team of the week it's for the, the year. Doc, I knew you'd be, you'd be very unhappy with me if I, if I robbed her again. Uh, so she's back in this week. Lovely, lovely. Uh, Jay Allinger, boys, huge game for her good after goal. halfback flank. She's had a Very few good, good games here and there. Um, I think Stars dropping her uh, made her wake up a little bit. Uh, so she gets on the bench as a defensive rotation. And my ruck rotation, we knew she was going to have bulk hit outs this week, but Nimstrom <laughs> went absolutely crazy, even in a losing performance. Mm, she was she absolutely was massive. And that is the round 10 team of the week, boys. So... When we get to the awards, I'm going to compile all those together um, and I'll pick my, my best team of the year and we'll go head-to-head, Doc, with the, the All-Australian team. Yeah, well, geez, it's a very good team, Kat. you got got, got all, all, all my chums in there very, very nice. And, Was uh, Charlie Thomas right. in that team, though? Uh, Charlie Thomas is not in that team, no. unfortunately. Oh, I opted, oh, for the, opted for the, the half-back instead of the, the key position defensive rotation. She's pretty, she's pretty fucking um, good. I'm happy Brenna Tarrant made it. Yeah, yes. no, she's, she's very huge. happy. 
absolutely huge. She was huge. She had a great um, year. Great year, quietly, I think. Yeah, yeah she I, has. Yeah, I think the whole backline's been very, very good. Um, Darcy Davis surely would have been close. <laughs> Uh, she was close. She not was close, close enough. No. She had a good, good little game. Now, yeah. Darcy, not bad. Bit very solid, very solid playing as the uh, the resting uh, resting forward. I could only uh, stomach so many sons in the team this week. Unfortunately, <laughs> Doc. Uh, they got they got two, and that's more than enough. Thanks. Your, your conflict of interest is considerable, Alice Catalano, and not yeah. picking the sons. <laughs> that's a good team, though, mate. I like that. Um, and who's your captain? Uh, oh, captain of that. Uh, Not Maddie Prasparkas. Making you pick one. Making you pick one on the spot. I'll go Brie Conan. Yeah, no, nice. she's she's the skipper. I was the skipper in this team. Uh, KB good. doesn't deserve it for not showing up for half of the year. Uh, so sorry, <laughs> KB. No chance. Uh, before we get to the, the announcement of the Rolling All Australian squad, oh. just quickly, gentlemen, the fantasy competition has officially come to an end. And... Yeah, just quickly, we'll leave it there. I can cat. I'll just before we announce the victor um, of the the overall comp, we'll just have a look at our final finishers, boys. Why? Uh, well, we we have to for for prosperity's sake, Miller. Why? Um, so... Prosperity. <laughs> Alex Miller, you know what, mate? Considering how you started the season, the late charge to finish three and six in thirteenth yeah. place—not bad, Gigi, mate. Not bad. He finished with three losses in his last four, so I don't know how, <laughs> how, how, how much of a how much of a finish you'd call it. Just like, we like Collingwood, mate. <laughs> we were limping towards the finish line of the season. Well, we, had a, we had a nice middle patch, and it's a bit of a factory reset halfway through the year, which you can't really do with ten rounds. Um, so I'd like a long. Season next year, please. Over W. Um, yeah, look, it wasn't great cap, but almost cracked 1500 this week. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of work to do, a bit of knowledge I've learned this year, uh, which is don't go with the first team you make here, absolute dickhead, and uh, tinker with it a bit, don't get too excited. So yeah, uh, well, good, good effort, as we said, to, to get it a little bit back on track. <laughs> well, well, at least you didn't have Elliot Yo in there to uh, hold for oh, half the year. Don't get me started. Um, just a shout out to Jade for managing to finish all the way in eight. She absolutely stormed home um, the season after starting with what was it three losses straight, I think, and yeah, I don't I... think she she lost one from there. Yeah, one 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 at least five in a row here, according to the uh, the form guide. So yeah, um, that's a very so, uh, good thing. Jade. We're not hearing anything anymore about you not knowing how to play fantasy because you just took it by storm. You're a sweat. You're a sweat, Jade. Uh, Come back again next year, though. Uh, I managed to drop into seventh after my pitiful end to the year. Um, I know you were doing piss-taking your final round, but what happened to you in the end of the year, mate? What's going on with this team? Uh, I'd rather not discuss uh, the end of the year. Um, No, it was poor performances across the board. Uh, 40s from Chantel, Chantel Emmonson, Lucy McAvoy, Tyler Hanks, all in the 40s. Darcy Maloney in the 30s. Yuck. Oh, what? Why? Why is Darcy Maloney in that team? Uh, anyway, and Mads, the 59, after getting tagged, made it all fall apart. But anyway, don't have to worry about it anymore. Doc, you're the highest finisher of the three of us in sixth <laughs> with six wins, one draw, and two losses. So well done, mate. Now, the very, very, very well done. Should, should, should have been seven and two. I'm still not over that round one draw farce. Um, <laughs> but anyway, but look, I'm very happy to finish in the top six. Very happy to finish the the season with a, a score of fourteen ninety nine. I could have easily have, have got fifteen hundred if I wasn't such a smart ass and tried to uh, <laughs> put the vice captaincy loophole on Jazzy Carner and then forget about it. Oh um, no. 
But no, oh, look, it's okay. You, it's like you know, like Miller said, you live and you learn uh, some of these things. And you know, I learned about by round eight. It's only the uh, the players on the field that score, and not any of them on the bench. So, um, oh, thanks for explaining that one, AFLW Fantasy. <laughs> uh, into, into our top five, boys. Logger, uh, Eloise Gardner finished fifth with uh, seven wins and two losses. Dom with Blanche's X's in fourth. Tyson and the Ararat Rats in third. Very well done to you three for getting in there. And, of course, we knew it was going to be this <sighs> matchup. Liam and Hugo going head-to-head. The two highest scorers of the season by a long, long margin, both of them in the 15,000 15, overall. Um, and I'll just get their final finishes up as well, boys, because I believe they finished quite high uh, overall. So very, very well done to both of them. Uh, yeah, Liam, Liam, cracked, Liam cracked the top 100 overall. 88th he finished overall. Uh, and Hugo, I don't think, was too far off it yet. 146th overall. But there could only be one winner of the A3 League. And by a whopping four-point oh. margin... Liam got it done in the end. Hey. Oh, my goodness. I said, I, said, I said last week it was going to be a single-figure margin. Um, I wish, you I did, wish Doc. It, you did. I, I wish there was a sports bet market for that. It came right down to the wire. Um, absolute neck. You couldn't, have, you couldn't have made it any closer. And um, Liam probably could have won by more. He had Laura Gardner as his captain. Uh, and, and Hugo went for Jazzy, and it still wasn't enough to get him over the line. Jeez, it's a matchup for the ages. A bit of a a, a bit of a showdown. Uh, but I tell you what, both of those teams, both of those guys, can now rest easy and have a shower tonight. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hit the showers, boys. Hit the showers. Uh, right. Mally, congrats, congrats on dominating our league, and most importantly, overall in the comp. Uh, yeah, know, very very well done. I think Liam gets uh, gets a hat. For his for his efforts, I think it's oh. the top the top one hundred or top five hundred, whatever it is. Get this get this guy a hat. Get him his hat, and if it's top five hundred, <laughs> get Hugo his bloody hat too. Get Hugo hat too. Uh, well it's done. not top five hundred. Bad luck on the hat here, but um, yeah. That's well done, gents. Great, great years all around, and we we hope to see you back again next year. Well, yeah. Thanks more. for everyone being involved. Um, yes, because not only did you show all of us up, but we love the involvement. We love talking about your teams each week and. Um, it's the great thing about this podcast is interacting with every single one of our, our fans and listeners and friends and all that stuff. It's it's great and makes uh, the show a lot more enjoyable. So we'll see Absolutely. some of you chums again next year, I'm sure. Thank you, everyone, for joining in. And Liam, uh, I'll just be copying your homework uh, next season. So <laughs> just send the team over round one next year and we'll be all good. Uh, what's <laughs> going on, eh? <laughs> but let's, let's talk the rolling all-Australian team, Doc. Obviously, we had the freeze. Um, but you, you've got the, the squad. The squad of 44 players is officially in, <sighs> and this is who you're going to be selecting from come awards night. Yes, well, there's a, quite a few players that were very, very stiff to uh, miss out in the squad. 44 players um, I've named in the team, so how it works is 11 defenders, 11 forwards, uh, 18 midfielders, plus a few on the wings uh, specifically because uh, we don't like what the AFL usually do. They <laughs> did a good job with the men this year, um, and I don't, but I don't trust them. They'll do the same with the women this year. So I've took it upon myself to name the best wingers in the comp. And uh, a, f- a few rucks. I think four. How many rucks? Four. Good. Four, four rucks. Yeah. I like so this. That's, so that's 44, I think, all up, um, oh. if, if I've done my maths correctly. <laughs> I cannot um, add. 
<laughs> yeah, look, my, ma- my I didn't do maths in VCE, so uh, <laughs> bear with me here. <laughs> um, so we'll start with the defenders, and I've broken it down. I've broken both our defenders and forwards down to keys and and just general forwards. So yep. we'll start with uh, we'll start with all the key forward uh, key defenders first. Uh, from Adelaide Crows, I've got Chelsea Bedell. From the Geelong Football Club, Claudia Gunjaka. From Melbourne, I've got the pair of Libby Birch and Talia Gillard. Um, from North Melbourne, I've got Jasmine Ferguson. And from Port Adelaide, I've got Emily Borg. That's nice. Gillard's a good shirt. I like that. Here's yeah. the thing about Gillard Miller, and I don't think a lot of people have cottoned onto it yet. She's had 30 defensive one-on-one contests. I think that's top five in the comp at least. Mm. Hasn't lost one. That's incredible. That Hasn't is incredible numbers. Has not lost one. She's just been so good for them this last last two seasons. Uh, I think it's about time somebody gave her damn flowers. Yep. Um, the general defenders I've listed as follows. From the Fremantle Football Club, Ember O'Driscoll. Yes. From the Gold Coast Suns, Daisy Darcy. From North Melbourne, Emma Carney. Also from North Melbourne, Sarah Wright. And from Richmond, Isla Sheeran. Oh, Sarah, Sarah Wright's another good one in there. Yeah. I love defenders but, to choose from. Oh, holy hell. Yeah. Yeah, the defense, this, this is the, the defense has been very, very strong all year, I, I feel like. So it's going to make it so much tougher <laughs> when you consider the fact that Tali Gillard hasn't lost a one-on-one contest. Oh. Sarah Wright's been so strong, and Emily Borg's been one of the best key defenders, Borg. young key defenders in the uh, in the competition. So we'll go from there to the midfielders. I'll start by the I'll start with the wings first. Uh, from the Adelaide Crows, we've got Neve Kelly. From the Brisbane Lions, we've got Sophie Conway. From the Collingwood Football Club, we've got Sarah Rowe. From the Geelong Football Club, we've got Nina Morrison. And from Richmond, we've got our favourite, Kate Dempsey. Oh, that's good. Huge. That's a good set of wingers. There were five, five wingers, <laughs> and two of them have been very, very strong. But I think the, I think the other three can mount a very, very big case yeah. to be on the wing this yeah. year as well. Very true. Um, so the rest of the midfield are as follows. We've got Ebony Marinoff from Adelaide, uh, Anne Hatchard from Adelaide, Ali Anderson from Brisbane, Maddie Prasparkas from Essendon, Georgie Prasparkas from Geelong, from the Gold Coast Suns, the pair of Charlie Rowbottom and Claudia Whitford. Whitford. <laughs> <laughs> from the GWS Giants, Elise Parker. From the Melbourne Football Club, Tyler Hanks. From North Melbourne, the pair of Jasmine Garner and Ash Riddell. From the Richmond Football Club, Monique Conti. And from the Sydney Football Club, Laura Gardner. Oh, that's... Hey, no... No LEB in the squad, Doc. Uh, yeah, look, it's a bit tough. Um, Jeez, not yeah. even in the squad. Well, I've, to, I've, I've had to break it down. And look, it could easily have LEB over the team, over Elise Parker, but I reward the winners. I don't reward wow. the losers. They're one and well, nine, Kat. The, <laughs> the Giants weren't doing a whole lot of winning either, Doc. <laughs> oh, they won more games than the, than the Dogs did. So that, that, that's, that, that, that's what I've gone with. That is an absolute boil. Like, all right, all right. Um well, what's, look what's either, next, folks? well, look either way, Cat Neither's making the final <laughs> team. Uh, from uh, we'll start from the Rucks. Uh, we'll, we'll go over the Rucks here. Uh, from Collingwood, Sabrina Frederick. From the Fremantle Football Club, Mim Strom. From the Gold Coast Suns, Lauren Bella. And as a surprise entrant, I've got the Sydney Swans ruckman, Ali Morfitt. Oh, yes, Morfitt. Just to throw a bit more spanner into the works, you know, I think I said a couple of weeks ago that I reward the players who have had the full year, but I just can't leave out Ali Morfitt. So, what a year Sabs has had as well. Um, she'd be a very willing, very willing Australian ruck this year. I, I, I can't lie. 
She absolutely she would be, and I wouldn't be too disappointed if uh, if oh, I wouldn't be too disappointed if Mim Strom got in as well because I think she's been in sensational form all year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, forward stock. Here we go. Oh, so, the, so the forward line will start with the keys uh, from the Adelaide Crows. We've got Caitlin Gould from the Brisbane Lions. Dakota Davidson from the Essendon Football Club. Bonnie Toogood from the Melbourne Football Club. Eden Zanker from the North Melbourne Football Club. Talia Randall and from the Port Adelaide Football Club. Gemma Houghton. Oh, I never thought I'd see the day, Doc, where you give Gemma Houghton. <laughs> <laughs> Any sort of compliments? She's in your Australian squad. She's... Yes, well, well, I, I, I think she's actually flown under the radar a, a lot this year for a, a struggling uh, Port Adelaide side. She's kicked sixteen thirteen this year and is actually uh, sixth equal sixth in she, the. Uh, she was more accurate. She could have bloody won the goal kicking. Yeah, well, she could have, but um, you know what? Kate Kate Hall could have won by a hell of a lot more because she kicked twenty goals <laughs> seventeen. Very uh, true. Very true. Uh, she, she deserved it. Um, it was actually between her and Zali Goldsworthy uh, for that last spot uh, in the in the squad. So Zali, very very stiff. No, uh, Goldie. No. Uh, right. Look, it, it's uh, fair in some respects. So I don't mind it, Doc. So the uh, general forwards are as follows: from the Adelaide Football Club, Danielle Ponta; from the Geelong Football Club, Chloe Shear; from the Gold Coast Suns, Jamie Stanton. Yes. From the Melbourne Football Club, Stano. Kate Hoare. And from the Sydney Football Club, Chloe Malloy. Chloe Malloy. Oh, that's nice. She's, pl- she's played 50-50 forward mid, so she gets in. Jeez, that's a tough group to choose from. Can you pick them all? Um, <laughs> well, no, I can't. There's a lot, of goals, a lot of bloody goals in that group. Can, can, can do a BT Miller and maybe I'll throw Zali in for, oh. for, for, for a fun time. He's going to get cut from that. Bloody group of players. All right, there's the squad. So that is what you'll be choosing from Doc Come Awards oh. Night. Yeah, that's it. Um, I don't envy you, Doc, making those decisions. So I can sit here and criticise you, but I will not be. Oh, that's, yeah, can, uh, that's a great a jab, squad. You can have a jab, Miller. Everyone else seems to. That's a great squad, Doc. I, I really like that. Strong across every line. I'm a big fan of the key forwards and backs. Mm. Fuck me, there's some operators in there that, as you said, haven't had enough deserving <laughs> chocolates this year. So I love it. I've got to say, Doc, while we're speaking about all Australian selectors, um, I, do, I, I don't know if you boys spend much time listening to Credit to the Girls on a weekly basis, but I've tuned in for the past few weeks and it's always yeah. funny hearing Sarah Black asking uh, Gemma Bastiani and Lucy Watkin uh, whether a player should be all Australian as if she's not on the selection panel. <laughs> uh, what, what are you hoping to hear, Sarah? You're in charge here. Imagine being dumb, right? What's going on there? <laughs> What's going on, Sarah? Anyway, just, oh. a, just a funny aside there. What's she, what she thinking? So <laughs> that, honestly, that could be the funniest aside I've heard, Kat. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do enjoy the Simpsons. They've got some good insights, especially big, big fan of Gemma. I love the stats. Oh, yeah. Really me, the stats. Me, yeah, me too. Best in the game. Uh, but let's move on, gentlemen, to oh, the tips for... Sheets for the final series, but before, before we do that, we've got to look at the regular season tipping. I don't know, are we are we including the final series as a part of the, the tipping race? I'm no. going to say yes. No, we will, of course. No, yeah, yeah, we will. It's, it's included no, on the it's included will. on the ESPN comp, so we'll we'll say that's a yes. But jeez, um, boys, it was a an interesting tipping week uh, for some of us. I've got six uh, well, again. Me. <laughs> look, I'm I'm okay with five. I'm okay with five. I think it was all right. 
How did I end up with five? I thought I got about like seven of them wrong. I thought I tipped Port uh, and I didn't, so I'm kicking myself for that. I don't know why I tipped your stupid team, Cat. I was singing in my head the whole time I should have tipped the Suns. I don't know Um, either. I don't know either, but uh, Miller still on top with 59, Doc on 56 and me on 55, so I can manage to get out of last if I have a good final series here. And, and, oh. and, if, and, and if somehow Miller capitulates, which means you'd have to get almost everything <laughs> I would, and you everything wrong, yeah. Um, but it kicks off on, firstly, these times for these bloody games. What boys, the oh, fuck is going on? Uh, first of all, Kat, here, here's my problem, and I think it's a lot of problem. I think it's a, it resonates a lot with a lot of women's football supporters. It's great that we've got, you know, Gold Coast and Sydney on on a Saturday night, and it's great that we've got Adelaide and Brisbane. There's a big gap between those two games. Yes. Like, what, what in the fuck is going on here in Victoria on a Sunday afternoon? 105 and then 305. <laughs> You know, you, you have to pick one game. You can't go to both. No, no. you can't. I'm going to be bloody trekking out to Geelong and I'll bloody miss the first half because there'll yeah. be no connection coming back on the <laughs> bloody V-line. But then... Yeah, um, so, so it's, it's just another example of why Nicole Livingston, the AFL board, just does not... But not even just that, Doc. There's going to be no there's going to be no post game even on the TV for the yeah. Essendon Geelong game. We're not going to get any analysis out of this match because they've got to jump straight into the next one. Yeah. It's a bloody so, final for shit's sake. So, so like, well, what's what's the deal? What is what is the deal with the with the AFLW and why are they not why are they not giving you know a little bit of airtime for these games? You know, if you, I get it, you want to try and get the uh, you know keep the ratings up for all the all the fat heads in the uh, in in corporate. Uh, so, but look. Anyway, think, we we know we know we know the footy will be good, and uh, that's what yeah, is important, do. despite <laughs> despite all of it. We know that these are going to be quality games. It starts with, as we said, must-watch footy. This is going to be one of the games of the year. Adelaide and Brisbane in a qualifying final. Can't count on two hands anymore the amount of time these two teams have played in finals, I reckon. Um, But the Lions beat them not that long ago, boys. Uh, It's at home for the Crows, which I'll be very, very happy about. I'm looking at Brisbane at the moment, gentlemen. Uh, I just think that... Something about the, the Crows resting the players last week as well. You don't flirt with form. Um, these girls are coming back in after a week of not playing any games at all. And I know you want to say they might be fresh, but the Lions are coming off beating two of their fellow top four teams in the past three weeks. Uh, I think they keep the momentum going. Go Brisbane. Oh. I'm, I'm the opposite of you, Alex Catalano. I think this is the old cuddly Ross Lyon method of uh, resting all your all your sore players uh, against the uh, the shit kickers in round ten, and then get everybody fired up. It worked. It worked them worked for them in, in a respect. In uh, I think it was 2013 uh, for Frio, and I think it worked a couple of a couple of times for them uh, in the uh, beforehand when he was playing. He was coaching at St Kilda the first time, so. Mm. I think Adelaide win this game. Uh, I think Brisbane. I think Brisbane will make it a good account of themselves. But I think those, those players, you know, and ha- a fit, fresh, rested, and Hatchard mm. might just go apeshit. Cat. <laughs> I'm going to go. So you go on the Crows and Doc. Yep, I'm going the Crows. Crom margin. Uh, Crom by four points. By seven for me. I'm going the lines by five, boys. There's no way this is over single digits in this game. Not a chance. Uh, I cannot wait to see this game. Gold Coast and Sydney, two teams, like I said, basically playing their first final series. The Suns were there in 2020, but I'm not really (laughs) going to count it. I don't remember that shit. I mean, I mean, geez, they were like the eighth 
seed in that. They, they won two yeah. games for the season. <laughs> in, a, in, a, in, a, in a compromised <laughs> final series, Cap. Yeah. Um, so, no, I'm not counting that. Anyone that says they can, you know, good on you, but no, <laughs> now, absolutely, absolutely not. This is I've got points for both teams here, boys. You know, the, the Suns obviously missing Chaz, but the, the midfield stood up so, so well, even without her. The Swans missing Ellie Morfitt, but the way they're closing out games and, and just killing teams in the second half is, is something to marvel at. I just... I, I, I didn't want to write them off last week. And I didn't. I tipped them. Tipped them both weeks, the Swans past two boys. Oh, I thought they could do it. I thought they could he's come gotta, home. He's, he's got to do it again, Miller. <sighs> oh, no. Shit. I, I think the Suns will do it at home, Thank though. You. I think they'll do it. I'm going the Suns. I'm going to go the Suns as well. I just think the way that they played last week with that Chaz was inspiring. I mean, lift lifted. And <laughs> Ali Drennan saw more minutes in the midfield. I thought she she did a good job. And Very single Very single on, on, on Chloe Malloy. Calling it now. You stop Chloe Malloy, you stop Sydney. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with everything that's been said so far. The only thing is I'm just big on the Swans' energy at the moment. Their momentum – they're just playing like a team that's inspired, believe in each other, the confidence. It's sort of exuberating. But as you said, the Suns at home, they, they've made a point of showing what they can do without Chaz and they know they're going to be without her for the whole final series. So if they are to go the distance, they have to do it without her. And I think they'll do it this week. I think they'll get a win as well. We have the Suns. There you go, huge. Uh, the Sunday starts off with our trip down to the Cattery, taking on the Cats. Um, You'll be there, Cat. I'll be there. I'll be cheering. I'll be. Not sure why. If you don't hear me on the TV, I'm not screaming loud enough. Um, the cats are going to beat us, boys. It's we're limping into this final series, unfortunately. If it was four weeks ago, I would have backed us in. But yeah, it's. it's I, I'm, I'm proud. Of them. I'm proud of them for making it this far, boys. I don't want to say it's a foregone conclusion, but I just don't think we've got the firepower or the form right now. Yeah, Geelong. By three goals, it could be a ge- it could be a genuine finals El Pumpico cat. Oh, I don't, I don't. I think we'll put up a better effort than that. I really hope we do, dog. <laughs> it, just, it just felt flat last week, cat. If you bring that same sort of energy this week at the Cattery, Chloe, she's going to kick six on you. Um, sixty. Oh, six. Six. No, <laughs> you know, maybe sixty. Could kick a bag of ten. Uh, but I, I can't. I can't see any scenario where you don't win this game, cat. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Where you win this game? No, uh, I think the, cat, okay. the cats. The cats win. And I think they win comfortably. I'm going to go Geelong by four goals. Yes. Sorry. Uh, like I said, proud of them for making it this far at all. Uh, second season, you you really can't be unhappy with getting there. So go Dons. I'll be there. I'll be cheering on the girls to the bloody final siren. I'm there for them. And the final game, the second qualifying final, Melbourne taking on North Melbourne. Like we said, boys, a huge opportunity for North this week. We don't know how many players are coming back from Melbourne this week, if any. Matty Gay looks like the only one that's 100% in. Casey Sheriff also going to be missing the remainder of the season too, so that's mm. one more player out of the forward line. I just what? don't think North have it when it matters, boys. They've shown three times this year that they just can't, keep up with these teams when it counts. I'm going to go Melbourne. If, if Paxi plays, Melbourne win. Uh, if Paxi doesn't play, then I think North are in with a big shot. Wow. Um, but having said that, I think Melbourne still win because 
I just think their their defensive structure is just too good. Uh, I mean, Jazzy Garner, they're gonna have to find a way to stop well, Shelley yeah. Heath, Shelly Heath on Jazzy Garner because she's yeah. she just completely blanketed her influence around the contest. That she is. still had tw- still picked up about twenty possessions, but just didn't feel like they meant anything. No, in, in that game. Um, so so yeah, go Shelly Heath and go North and go Melbourne. I want. North to win because I want them to do well because they, as I said, this is the biggest game in their existence. I think that Melbourne, though, they're tried and trust, tested. They're like Brisbane. They're that, that beautifully seasoned piece of meat that's been sitting in the fridge, fridge for two days curing and you're about to put it in the oven. And I think Melbourne are built for finals. They're a finals team. And I think they'll be too strong for North. So I'm going to go to the Demons as well by only by nine points, though. I think it'll be close. Bang, there you go. All right, the tips are in for the finals, gentlemen. I cannot wait to see how these all play out. Huge <sighs> clashes. Like us, I think three of these four will be absolute belters. Our game could go, you know, you never know. <laughs> but should be good games all around. Cannot wait for it. Make sure you follow us across all our socials so you know when new episodes come out. A3Footy Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, at A3Footy on Twitter. And, of course, there's an email as well, A3Footy at gmail.com because... That is us done for this beautiful finals preview. Oh, shit, boys. It's the pointy end of the season. It's the best time of the year. It's like Christmas has come early. Well, only a month and a half early, but still early. <laughs> November is made for finals here. With all that said, I've been Alex Catalano. I've been Alex Miller. And I've been Alex Stockerty. Stick with us four more weeks of this incredible season to come. We cannot wait. Come on, Bombers. Just give it a crack. Yeah, come on, North, get a bloody win. Mighty sounds. <laughs>